Welcome to Greenhouse Grower to Grower, the podcast where we talk to growers from across the greenhouse industry about market trends, innovation, their biggest challenges and opportunities, and more. I'm Brian Sparks, Senior Editor of Greenhouse Grower. Christine Lonergan is Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Garden State Growers, which grows annuals, perennials, and houseplants across three locations in New Jersey. I recently caught up with Christine to talk about lessons the company learned from the 2023 growing season, how they're planning for 2024, and why it's important to get out in the field to meet with and get to know your customers. Here's our conversation. We were very pleased with this year um, from, a no- from a number of angles, but we approach this year from a planning perspective because obviously the year starts with planning and we approached it, um, I would say a little bit more conservatively, but it was definitely in our favor. And, um, you know, it's no mystery. There have been some retail increases. We weren't really sure how the customer was going to react to them, but we do We have no data to back this up, but we do think that because there's other items that customers were shopping for earlier in the year, like, you know, food, milk, eggs, and they all went up, we feel like that may have softened a little bit. And so the consumer was almost, I don't know if expecting it, but they, there wasn't sticker shock like we thought there might be. Okay. So we we were happy with this year. We're very pleased. So, so who exactly is year end consumer then for Garden State? So we currently, um, we ship to Home Depot, Costco, Walmart, and Tractor Supply. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned how, how, the, how the season did. So I know, you know, we hear, we heard so many times this year about, you know, after the, the strong years of, you know, largely strong years, I'd say of 2020 and 2021, you know, and things were a little bit more challenging in 2022. We kept hearing the word uncertainty when it come to or when it came to planning for 2023. Was that kind of were you guys in the same boat um, with kind of wondering what how the year was going to shape up? You know, because going from year to year can be a challenge to track sometimes. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of uncertainty, and you know, the grower community is pretty close, so there's a lot of back and forth and talking with other growers, and I think it was reassuring for us to know that there were other growers who are a little uh, uncertain. But, um, and I think, uh, you know, not speaking for all growers, but I do think everybody approached it maybe on the more conservative side. So it, it definitely, um, fared well for us. Okay. What would you say, you know, as, as I mean, I'm sure you've already started the process for building for next year then, um, what are, what do you think are some of the biggest lessons that you learned from this year that can potentially be used as you start to plan for 2024? Um, and yes, we are way into the planning mode. Um, one of the thing, one of the biggest things we learned, and it wasn't like we've done this in the past, but what it really did pay off this year, even though during season it's very busy in the greenhouses and it's very difficult to leave the greenhouse because so much is happening. Yeah. We made a concerted effort to take at least one to two days a week in the field and okay. visit our customers, um, our stores, some of the competition, but really it was just to get customer feedback. And also um, we do a lot of uh, merchandising in our stores and also to hear from real life merchandisers and what's really going on in these locations. It was, um, in some cases it was eye-opening, but it also gave us a little bit of an edge to be able to 
potentially pivot where we could. For example, during the heat of the season, no pun intended, we were shipping um, racks of hosta. Because there were li- there was limited space on the tables, the product ends up staying on racks, which we see a lot. But we realized that having hosta on that ch- top shelf in the sun was not helping anybody. So we quickly changed that, made sure that we put another variety on the top shelf that could withstand the sun. And it was a, it sounded like a minor thing, but it was huge. It was a shelf of product that potentially we would lose in a store. So it's really getting out in the field and really identifying potentially things that we could quickly change. So that was a definitely a good learning for us. And we plan to do it all through fall and into next spring. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, as, as you're shipping plants out, you know, the challenge is, you know, once they leave, you know, your facility, then knowing the state that they're in once they're at, you know, the retail level and, you know, being able to have some control because, you know, if there's an issue on the consumer end, you know, it could eventually make its way back to, you know, where the plant came from. So that's good that you guys are going to keep in track of that from, you know, from that perspective. And yeah, and it's also good to hear from, you know, your merchandisers there yeah. on the front line. Merch, you know, taking the product off the shelves, merchandising it. So just getting their really um, unedited uh, feedback is invaluable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of with that being said, as, as you look to, to next year, what, what do you see as, as the biggest opportunity uh, for Garden State to, to thrive in 2024? Um, for sure, the container business. That continues to grow. And I think that's clearly uh, a result of one of our challenges, which is the consumer is starved for time. She's looking for convenience. And we saw a direct correlation with, we believe there's a a customer out there who's starved for time. So the container business continues to grow, uh, both annuals and perennials. Not sure if the customer even cares if it's a perennial in a container she just mm-hmm. it's pretty it's an impulse buy and we've heard this throughout the years but this past year we've just seen a huge increase of it uh, so we're going to continue to grow that category as well and that was across all of our um, customers okay. and then we're going to continue to grow our um, we've seen an increase in our vegetable business and that's no surprise it's kind of grow your own grow your own and I, I think some of it was due to you know, during the COVID, um, post-COVID, and people were just more comfortable trying to grow their own. And that trend has continued. And I think there's just this, with um, the millennials, it's just that wanting to rely on their themselves to be able to grow their own product, their own vegetables. So um, both of those categories were going to continue to increase. Okay. Do you see um, any changes happening within Garden State? I don't know if you guys are looking at new, at new attack to as you as you expand in some crop areas or perhaps in different production techniques that you're that you're looking at we're con- always looking to um become more automated um we did we do have some you should actually come out and visit we do have some um different robots in our production department which has helped a lot and you know alleviate some of the labor challenges sure. but we're we're constantly looking for improvement by um through automation you mentioned labor there, so it, um, I, I, know, I know labor is a big challenge for most everybody in the industry. So, is that your biggest challenge, or are there other things that you guys are kind of monitoring that could kind of dictate, you know, how successful you could be in twenty twenty four? 
Um, I, you know, labor, it, yes, it's a challenge, but um, we're using H2A and that's working out well for us. That's helped a lot. Um, so I, I don't know if that's our biggest challenge. I think right now, and I'm coming from just really the the customer side of it, I think our biggest challenge, and it has been, is finding, and I, this is completely off the topic, but it's finding affordable, sustainable packaging solutions. Because a lot of our customers are looking for, you know, more sustainable packaging. And there are a lot of options out there, but it really comes down to just how affordable they are. That's interesting you say that. I, I didn't know about, you know, as as the who the end consumer is tends to evolve as, you know, m more millennials enter the housing market, for example, is that kind of dictating? I don't know, you mentioned the containers, but um, are they, are you seeing them them shop differently and, and you know, compare things differently when they're looking for plants to buy? What, one of the things we did notice when we were visiting stores, um, and this was, yeah, typically we would visit, you know, middle of the week, middle of the afternoon type of thing. And, um, yeah, a lot of boomers. I mean, they're the uh, the customers, you know, people my shopping that have taken on retirement and they're still gardening and they're very focused on their gardening. And yeah. then the millennials were shopping later in the day and that was more geared towards containers, um, just the convenience of it. But I don't think we can just focus in on the um, millennials. It's there's uh, there's a lot of other customers out there as far as, you know, what we're seeing is smaller spaces so i think again it comes down to more apartment dwellers because they can't afford a home because of potentially maybe the interest rates are too high for them but we are yeah. finding again the container business has gone up you know last question i'll ask is you know you guys are are, are trying new varieties so is, is there a, a variety that, that you guys are growing there that um jumps out at you personally you think that you know i, I need to have this at my own home as well in addition to, to selling it Hi, such a hard question because, um, first of all, we do do a lot of trials. We have a team that does a um, whole the whole trial program, so we do partner with a lot of the breeders, and we we learn a lot from that because our goal is to grow plants that are going to work for the consumer, Gary. Um, because we do we do hear a lot about what's great in the heat. Um, you know, whether you believe it or not on climate change, I still think there. I mean, there is a customer looking for something that's going to withstand um, not having to be watered every day, um, deer resistant, shade loving. So we do, we're very aware of what the customers are looking for. So we try to really uh, obviously introduce items that will work with their lifestyle. But if you were to ask me, I mean, that is a tough question, Brian. I mean, I personally, and I was just sending some pictures to the PW group. I am addicted to um, bubble gum. I, I I can't, you know, it is like my all-time favorite is the best performer and um nice. and I'm not getting paid by PW for that. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, there's so many varieties. Um you know, I love the Caliber Cowas by Doomin. There, there's just so many out there. Um but yeah, Bubblegum is by far my favorite. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more at greenhousegrower.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. 